When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to Bobcat Tracks. I'm Mike Schulze, Luke Steiner, guest host, first time on the podcast to, you know, Jake Ramada never wanted to have you on the podcast. We had to get rid of him to have you on. I don't know why. Uh, you might know him, our, our head men's basketball coach, Jeff Bulls. So, Jeff, thanks for uh, guest hosting today. Yeah, I appreciate it. Must have uh, ran out of uh, people to guest host, but, you know, Bob, for the, or for the sixth time, so I'm, I'm <laughs> First time caller, long time listener. Yeah, no, I, uh, we we really do appreciate it, and uh, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna do our our normal thing here with Jeff, and uh, then our our guest is uh, one of Jeff's teammates, Tony Brook, head men's basketball coach, uh, Gino Ford. Um, so Jeff and Gino are our close friends. They kept it PG for us, which we appreciate yeah, very very much. Um, Luke does that makes Luke's job a lot easier. Um, but before we get to Gino, let, let's talk a little uh, Bobcat athletics, should we? Shall we? Yeah. What sport you want to start with, Luke? I mean, I think I want to start with football just because that was last night. But I feel like we should go back to the weekend before, just because you know. Yeah, let's start with swimming. That. Yeah. Swimming beat Miami. They dominated Miami, one seventy-seven point five to one twenty-two point five. Jeff, you were there. Uh, electric atmosphere. Um, and that was our first win over Miami in a dual meet since 2011. Yeah. Um, and they got the break. Uh, dom- dominant win, like you said. I think, um, you know, obviously I follow swimming pretty good. My daughter's a swimmer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And pacing really well and some of the girls on his team. And, you know, I think the depth that they have, you know, just, uh, you know, the not only the first and second, third, but just the, the depth that they have on their team. It was very evident this year, and you know I think it, it wasn't even close. And it was fun, fun atmosphere, like you mentioned, and obviously great to see women's soccer come over with the brick. And 
pass that thing over to him. Just, you know, a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, we talked to Mason uh, on Sunday at the soccer game the next day. And what I thought was actually kind of weird is they don't have to play Miami. Like, if he wants to have Miami, it's every other year. The MAC doesn't require them to play Miami and swimming every year. It's every other year. So Miami will come to Ohio next in four years. Yeah, that's nuts. Very different. Yeah. Than, yeah. And then while while swimming was 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 beating Miami, our our cross country teams were competing, and our women also beat Miami, but they finished second overall. Um, and we had a freshman of the year, Luke. Yeah. Cross country, uh, second in the MAC championships, which I got to give a shout out to Gavin and everyone in the operations hosting that at the golf course. Mm-hmm. Um, so great job to them. I I know I'm going to butcher Layla's name. Or Layla's Layla Bucedra. Yeah. Yeah. So second fastest time in school history, 2044.2. Uh, she finished 12th. That, mm-hmm. that was the best freshman finish, um, at cross and, you know, at, at the Mac cross country event. And, uh, she finished 12th and that got her freshman of the year. Um, and she was also second team all Mac. So, mm-hmm. I mean that's a heck of a heck of a start for a freshman, yeah. uh, Jeff. I I have to ask you, six kilometers. How long are you running it? You know, I'm one of those like guys with a sticker in the car, zero point zero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like twenty six point one. Yeah, thirteen point one. Yeah. <laughs> but I met uh, I met Layla's mom at homecoming. And, oh yeah. Uh, what a what a cool story. Uh, you know about her being a field hockey player and never really running before, and and uh, you know she's she's had an awesome year, and I think Sarah's done a phenomenal job just changing the mindset of everything, and mm. and uh, I think at their highest regional ranking and maybe ever. Yep. Uh, heading into re- and uh, you know fun to watch their success. Yeah, it's got to be exciting for Sarah to have somebody like Layla who really focused on field hockey in high mm-hmm. school. And she's already as a freshman competing at this high of a level. I mean, the sky has to be a limit for her now that she is switching her focus to to yeah. running. It's crazy to think that someone can run a six k in twenty minutes without running <laughs> their entire life. I couldn't run a six k in twenty minutes. Ever, so <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah, that's nuts. Uh, and then you want to talk a little volleyball? Yeah, volleyball uh, swept the weekend. One of the weird weekends in the MAC where you play two separate opponents. Played Western on Friday. Uh, won three one and then northern on Saturday and I believe swept completely three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they control their own destiny to, yeah. to win the league right now, um, which is awesome to see. Uh, they've got two big ones against Ball State coming up. Ball State is uh, is atop the league, mm-hmm. um, so that that weekend will really decide decide the map. Yeah, uh, Sam Steele as well. Got to give a shout out to her thousand career digs. Uh, I want to say it was Friday night, but she was honored Saturday night mm-hmm. for that accomplishment. Yeah. Let's talk some football. Yeah, the big one last night. Yeah, 45-24 win over Buffalo. Um, Ohio controls their destiny uh, to win the MAC East um, and, and go to the MAC Championship in Detroit. Um, the offense, Curtis Rourke is the real deal. Yeah, that's uh, the fir- first thing Jeff said to us this morning. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff, uh, you know, what, what do you think of Curtis's performance last night? Yeah, I mean, he was he was phenomenal. And, uh, you know, Sam coming down from Ohio State and doing what he's doing, like he's, he's just – that guy's got like stick him on his hands or something. Like he just catches <laughs> and you know those those two have obviously great chemistry. But I think if you see what Tim's done with his team, you know they've had a lot of injuries. You know th- throughout the season so far, and 
to start off the way they did, to play those two power fives, to where they're at now. They're just continuing getting better and better and better and uh, performing at, at the highest level at the right time. And, you know, I know they got a few weeks left, and I'm excited to watch, you know, what they end up doing. Yeah, yeah Jeff, you mentioned the injuries. Uh, C.A. Bangura didn't play last night. Um, didn't have a scholarship running back. Well, Julian, Julian did cut Julian Ross did come back. Yeah. Talk um, about a, a blast of the past. Jake Netherton was the leading rusher for Ohio. Yeah. Jake Netherton was not on the team, uh, seven weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. he, he was a, he's a sixth year who had one more year. He decided that he, you know, he was a walk on, he had played five years or four years. Um, he decided that he wanted to be a regular student for his last year. Um, the injury bug, uh, bit us and, uh, we called him up, got him back. And he scored a touchdown last night and was our leading rusher. I mean, yeah. it's an awesome, awesome story. And you want to talk Imagine about it? What was that? Hey, Imagine getting that phone call. Oh. Hey, what are you doing? Yeah. 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 We got Penn State Thanks. next week. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. And he, uh, he was awesome last night. Uh, Curtis had 317 yards. Sam Wigless, uh, 131, six touches. Um uh, Tim joked in the uh, joked in the press conference last night. He was mad that uh, I'm mad at his at his staff because they didn't throw him the ball enough. Because <laughs> um, they he said double digits isn't enough. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean they they look really good and they've got a big one now uh, uh, against Miami on the road. Um, it's tough to play in Oxford on a on a Tuesday night. There will be 17 people there, um, so they're gonna have to get the boys ready. But I'm I I have some faith that that, that yeah. they will. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, looking ahead a little bit, we got, we got basketball tomorrow, T- tomorrow. Oh man, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got capital, uh, here in the convo, um, seven o'clock tip. And then we start, uh, the men's season at Belmont. Uh, the women do not have an exhibition, um, this year, a public exhibition anyway. Um, they played Oakland and Youngstown state and, and their secret scrimmages that aren't so secret anymore. Um, and then they open the season with Long Island here in the convo at seven, the same time the men are playing. Um, so if you come to that game, um, but you still want to watch the men, I will have it on my computer and I will make sure you can sit next to me and watch the men um, play as you watch yeah, the women. That's perfectly fair. Um, so, Jeff, you, you looking forward to to the exhibition? Yeah, hard to believe it's November 2nd. And, yeah. you know, we've been in Cincinnati. Bob's had a couple of scrimmages and. You know, they keep moving the start date up every year. Normally, we play you know, on that Saturday of, you know, Dad's weekend, which mm-hmm. we always get a good crowd. And so normally, not this weekend, but the following weekend would, would have been an opening, you know, day. Right. Uh, then they moved it to 8th, you know, and then it's election day, and we're supposed to have that day off uh, for student-athletes. So they moved it up to the 7th. Uh, so that's why we're playing you know, on a Thursday mm-hmm. against Capitol. You know, we, we have nine new guys. Um, you know, Dwight Wilson hadn't played in a year. So it, it'll be good for our guys to get in front of people, uh, you know, playing a real game uh, on, on the combo board. You know, I'm excited to see the growth of this team and the, the journey of, of where it takes us. But I, I love the group we have. Um, you know, we went to Spain in August and, you know, they've been consistent, you know, for probably 25, 23 of the 25 practices. Uh, the fun to be around, fun to go to work. You know, just a good, good group of guys. Yeah, yeah, exciting. Yeah, uh, we asked Lamar about this um, uh, earlier, but you know, what what did that Spain trip do for your team? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, those, those are always great. And, you know, probably couldn't have been at a better time with all the new guys we have and, and what we had to put in. Because as a coach, you never feel like you have enough time, you know, to put everything in. But, you know, we were able to practice 10 times and then we played three games over there. Um, very competitive games against some professional players, ages 23 to 35, very physical game. And, you know, more than just the memories and the bonding off the court, you know, just the experiences of being in Barcelona, seeing, you know, FC Barcelona, Real Madrid, you know, eating different, you know, foods and, you know, just a, a phenomenal, you know, trip, memories of a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. Before we get to Gino, I have one very important question. So uh, when are you going to schedule Stony Brook so Gino can come back? <laughs> You know, my, my son always asked me that. He said, we got to schedule Stonenberg. Got to schedule Stonenberg. You know, they're, they're going into the CA now. And, um, you know, it's a very competitive league. And, um, you know, he, he, he's he got his hands full. So he, he's trying to schedule the right way for his team. You know, he's got a lot of new guys as well. But, you know, scheduling is difficult. It's, you know, a process where you, you and I both might need a game, but you need a home game. I need a home game. Okay, go to the next team. Okay, we can play on the road. What date do you have? November 12th. Well, we got a game on the 11th. Can't play on the 11th. Can you play on the 13th? Nope, can't play on the 13th. So, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's a lot of times it's difficult, you know, especially when you're winning. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot harder and more difficult to schedule. But it's funny how that I think, uh, yeah, if I want to feel better about myself, I call Gino. He's like one of the funniest dudes you'll ever meet in your life. And he's always got something going on. So if I feel down and out, I call him. And I'm, after the conversation, I feel better about myself. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's fair. That's awesome. So, yeah, let's – should we go to the interview? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. You, Gino Ford. Gino, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. No, it's great to be on. It's always good to see Bobcats. And uh, it's good to, good to hang out with my man Bulls. Yeah, you guys have met once or twice. So, you know, Jeff, we appreciate – Jeff's our guest host this week. Um, so we appreciate you, Jeff, for, for getting a great guest. Um, so uh, should we should we start with the preseason NIT? Uh, I think that's the easiest place to Yeah, start. Luke and I were talking about the preseason NIT, 94. Um, at Ohio State and at Virginia on the road. Um, oh, yeah, I got the ball. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, there we go. So before we talk about Madison Square Garden, um, you know, what was it like to, to go to Ohio State, go to Virginia back-to-back -back nights and, and get wins to start the year? That's a tough way to start the non-conference season, huh? Back-to-back yeah, -back for first two games, let alone at Ohio State and Virginia. Yeah. You know, at the time, it was the only team ever to go on the road the first two games and win the whole thing. And, wow. and probably the, the you know, two biggest memories, obviously, going up to Ohio State winning – uh, in St. John Arena was awesome, but we played at Virginia, and Gina could probably tell this story better than I could. the The night before we played them, you want to tell this story? I mean, I I remember it pretty vividly. Uh, so we had beat Ohio State, and we all, you know, listen, we all wanted to win that game, and it it wasn't very competitive. Um, I, I didn't play well. I'm sure a couple other guys probably didn't play well, and we beat them double figures and we're I, up big. I had 14 beat. points. I, I didn't say you didn't play well. I just said a couple guys. But um, but anyway, we we play Ohio State and we go to Virginia immediately. And uh, the biggest things I remember is Coach Hunter taught a concepts of basketball coaching class 
And it might have been the most miserable academic thing you could have to do. I mean, it was unbelievable. I, I was studying more for that than I was my philosophy final. <laughs> it, it was it was sick. And he made us get up because we had like a 8 a.m. flight to get to Charlottesville. Not shocking. The department didn't uh, wasn't organized. I don't know that they trusted we would win and be heading on <laughs> to Charlotte. So they're Charlottesville. So they, they booked the tickets. I'm up at 630 in the morning along with Curtis Simmons taking a coaching and basketball final. It was ridiculous. And then we go to the airport and we go down and we have practice and then we play the next night. And I am dead asleep and I hear the banging on my door, my hotel door at 12.30, one in the morning. And I mean, I'm out of it. And my roommate's Jason Terry and JT's out of it when he's awake. So you can imagine him at one in the morning. Yeah. So he he and I are both like, what is going on? We thought somebody's screwing around. We're wanting to, you know, tell him to shut the heck up. We open the door. It's Jerry Searles, our manager. And he says, hey, um, coach wants everybody to come to his room. Like, what is going on? So we go up to his room. It's one in the morning. He starts showing film. He goes around the horn. And I have no idea what he said to anyone else. But I do remember how he told me, I wish we had Doug Etzler and not you. I wish we had Doug Etzler. I, you, you're terrible. He went, I don't know why. We got he you. went one by one right down the line, just obliterating every individual. <laughs> so, hey, if Jeff and I did that today, we'd have to have our whole teams in therapy. Um, <laughs> and uh, the guys were uh, – I mean, he just crushed every guy. And, uh, and I, I remember getting on the elevator after he let us leave. And, I mean, we were in there for an hour. And uh, Gus Johnson and I made an agreement that we were going to not only beat Virginia, but we were not high-fiving or hugging Coach Hunter after the game. We were protesting. <laughs> uh, and we, of course, won, and he and I both were over there hugging on Coach. But he had us ready to play. But that 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 team meeting was one, one of, that I distinctly remember. And we, he, he crushed every guy. It was uh, He had us ready to play. I'll say that. Yeah, definitely a memory. And, um, yeah, we went on to Madison Square Garden and and played. And I think I took a medical terminology final at some point on that trip because we were in finals during that time. And we go to Madison Square Garden and, you know, just awesome to be able to be in there. And I remember, uh, you know, our locker room was down by the training room and the Knicks locker room was right there. And I kind of snuck in there and – Anthony Mason's jersey was sitting right there and some security guy came in and, and, you know, kicked me out of there. But I remember Gino, uh, it was chocolate fudge Sundays, man. I think you spent your per diem uh, on, on only eating chocolate fudge Sundays, but you know, we went in there and, uh, Gary Trent had probably one of the most memorable, you know, games in a, in a big time setting. I think he was like 12 for 12 from the field, like 10 for 10 from the foul line. Ended up with like 33 points and 20 some rebounds in the championship game. Um, you know, on that type of stage, it, it was just a, a really cool moment for us as players. And I still think we need to hang that banner somewhere. That banner was never hung. Preseason NIT champions we need to work on that. If we knew somebody that worked there, maybe we could get that done. But uh, yeah, we need, need a, a, I, don't, I also want to just in case Gary would see this, I want to make sure that everyone knows he barely missed a triple double because he had nine turnovers against the one three one. Also, <laughs> uh, just make sure that's out there. Uh, but no, what he what he did against New Mexico State was was incredible. So, Schultz, yeah, I had to take a. Building? What's that? That banner in the building right now. 
I don't I don't even know if they ever had one. I, I know uh, at some point the powers of B didn't want to you know put it up because it was a preseason championship. But you know back then the, the preseason NIT was like a big deal. Mm -hmm. It was like the tournament. Yeah. And um, I remember we we ended up winning, <laughs> and uh, we go to the airport and Curtis and Gary were late for the bus, so Coach Hunter left them. <laughs> we're like. There are two of our top five best players, right? And he just leaves them at the hotel and they had to get their own cab back to the airport. And, um, you know, again, nowadays, you probably get fired for something like that. <laughs> but I, I had to take a, a organic chemistry final when I got back. Oh, no, check that, neuroanatomy final. And it was 60 questions. And I didn't, I was supposed to study on this trip and we won it and we were up all night, you know, celebrating. And I end up guessing on 56 of the 60 questions. <laughs> went from like a solid B, B plus to a solid C on the final grade on that one. But it was worth it. I think it would be. <laughs> so this, you know, this question is actually for both of you. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about Gary Trent, but, but you know, what was it like to have a, a NBA player, you know, as a teammate, and 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 what did it do for for your your careers to and on the court? Well, I think I think you know he's I think he's one of the best, if not the player ever to play in the MAC. I mean, he was so dominant, and if you look at his numbers, you know, he left after three years. He was Player of the Year, freshman, sophomore, junior year. Um, you know, today's world, you know, I don't know if he makes it, you know, with with social media and everything with what he went through. Like I always tell people he should, he shouldn't, he shouldn't have been alive. Like with what he was, you know, how he was brought up and raised and what he was doing. And, you know, he came in here and completely changed the complexion of the program. Um, you know, you knew he was special. He was just so raw, athletic, uh, physical, you know, very little skill when he got here and, you know, I, I had probably the easiest job of anybody. All I had to do was throw it over top of my guy in between another guy <laughs> to about 10 and a half feet up in the air. And all he did was jump up and get it and put it, put it in. Um, but he, he was a special player. And, um, you know, he left early, got drafted in, in lottery, uh, played nine years in the NBA and um, just a phenomenal player. Yeah, I mean, look, I agree with everything Jeff said. And I, I, I would say, you know, as a point guard, Jeff bailed me out. If it wasn't for Jeff Bowles my freshman year, I don't know if I would have played because of all the screens he had to set at half court to get my guy the heck off me. Um, so I was not – I never played point guard in high school. I played the two. And uh, then I got to college and uh, something about being a five seven two guard they didn't think would be a good idea. <laughs> so and then they realized I can't play point. And they moved me to the two when I was a junior. But, um, <laughs> but anyhow, Gary was was uh, one of the, literally the only reason I got slapped in a huddle. Um, we coach Hunter, we had had a little uh, stretch where we weren't scoring, and um, the other team is double and triple teaming Gary, and he called timeout, and he instituted the Gary Trent rule which was you had to give him the second look. He said, if you look in there, Ford, and he isn't open, ball fake to the top and look again uh, because <laughs> you got to throw it. And, uh, and he slapped uh, my knee. I think the bruise is still there. Uh, I, I remember that timeout. And you know what? He was right. We started giving Gary the second look, and it, it, it paid off. And I think one thing that goes way under the radar here, uh, really two things. One, Je Jeff was the perfect compliment for Gary because Jeff, like 
to do the dirty stuff and the hard stuff and would be physical and would talk on defense and chesting cutters. I mean, he would today, the way they ref the games, I think Jeff would even agree, probably would have fouled out in the first four minutes. But back then it was so much more physical. You were allowed to use arm bars. You could chest cutters. And uh, Jeff just took on all the physical responsibilities on the defensive end. And that really helped Gary. And I know Gary knows that. I mean, but as players, um, it's obvious when Jeff got hurt, you know, late that year, we, we kind of fell apart because we just didn't have the physicality around the rim. But the second thing that kind of goes understated here is, you know, in practice, when Gary got there, he not only had Jeff that he could use as a mentor, but he had uh, Ryan Greenwood and Kevin Murphy that could be kind of dunk dummies for him. And he could just dunk on those guys repeatedly. And, um, the confidence that that Ryan Greenwood and Kevin Murphy gave Gary on a daily basis was off the chart. I mean, you do talk about it, just throw it in. If I throw it to you in practice, you take two crab dribbles and you dunk on a guy's head just like a soul crushing dunk. And then you do it six more times that day. You do the locker room feel pretty good. I liked watching it. So I give Murph and uh, Tree, and boy, I hope they watch this. Um, I, I don't know how to send the link, but I hope they see this. That's for sure. You know, probably. Uh... You know, th th those two couple years, you know, we were 25 and 8, 24 and 10. And, um, you know, back then didn't didn't play all the games we do now. And the best part about that team is, you know, everybody knew their role. Everybody accepted their role. You know, we knew, you know, Gina was a scorer. He'll be the first to tell you he had 1,750 career points uh, <laughs> here. You know, Gary Trent was a scorer. I was a defender, you know, screener. And, you know, that was the best part about that team. And to this day, you know, we have a text chain going on with 10 of us. And it's all day, every day, cracking on each other, you know, making jokes, you know, reunions, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, you know, it's it, it was a special team. That's awesome. I do have to bring something up, Jeff. I know you talked at the field hockey game last week <laughs> that you vividly remember the hardest screen that you've ever set. And I want you to tell that story to Gino to see if he remembers it. Gino could probably tell it. You remember Gino? Oh, go ahead. I, 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 I know where you're going. Go ahead. I'll listen. So we're playing St. Mary's out in uh, Stanford tournament. Were you even there? No, no, I know, but I know the story. Okay. So Gus Johnson uh, was bringing the ball up. And I used to always to take the ball out of bounds and start jogging like I was running down the court and half court, I'd turn around and kind of blindside set a screen on on whoever's garden and this this defender was up in Gus Johnson like nobody's business like just pressuring him and reach stepping and you know just all up in him so I circled back around and uh there was a guy guard me named Jamoki Horton big six nine dude just monster huge guy he kept on running down the court well, when I turn around, like this, Gus is like speed dribbling up, and this this guy's going full speed, reach stepping. And every time I'd set a screen, I would always kind of like lean into it to absorb the contact, you know, just not to move. Sometimes I would, you know, take a charge, but sometimes I'd want to rock the point guard <laughs> defender. So I like leaned in, and this kid like hit me and like <laughs> was parallel to the ground, like decleated him. And he just slammed down and the light laid there. And I thought the guy guard me was going to, you know, get in a fight with me. He was, he was pissed off. And I'm like, you know, you should be mad at yourself for not calling out the screen. And uh, the kid got a concussion, knocked him out of the game. And it, it was one of the better ones I've had. 
And, and let me tell you, there were about 50 times, you, you're going to think I'm kidding. The contact on those was so violent. <laughs> if, if when I had the ball and would, if I was the guy that was involved, I'd love, I would just speed your way. I didn't have to do anything. I just go as fast as you can and make sure that my shoulder is going to get to Bowles's hip. The collisions, I would hear bones. I mean, they're you'd hear <laughs> cracking. And um, I know this, every time I got the ball, the guy guarding me after one of those, they were spinning their neck around, looking, trying to find him. So there wasn't a lot of pressure against us uh, during those years. Uh, it was – Bull single-handedly uh, helped me survive point guard. I'm not even kidding. I, I don't know. You, you got to realize, too, when we played, now there's such a premium on ball skills and dribbling. And, you know, Steph Curry's made it fashionable. So, you know, whether it be, you know, Jeff's team or, or our team here – we got guys, man, they're doing two ball dribbling and uh, behind the backs and all this stuff, man. We didn't do that, man. I, I crab dribbled and speed dribbled. I went fast and slow in my right hand, fast and slow in my left hand. That was the end of my dribbling series. Uh, so I needed I needed my man Bowles back there. Shows it was always a, a very humbling experience when someone walks up to you, you know, when you're walking around town or whatever, and they're like, man, you set the best screens I've ever seen. <laughs> Not too many people get known for like being a screen setter. Um, yeah. You know, as opposed to a score rebounder or whatever. Very humbling. <laughs> and Coach Ford, he got that. He, he somebody said he was the best screen setter at a field hockey game last week um, at a at a at a cheesy weenie um, food, food truck. truck. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, it's it's probably better left said somewhere else, but it definitely <laughs> is true. Definitely is true. I, I think the other thing though with Jeff is a player that like having played with him, he, he, he was a unbelievable passer and he just kind of had feel for the game. He knew where the ball was going. I mean, he inbounded the ball on underneath out of bounds. And if there was a spot open, he would just kind of make eye contact and I knew where to cut and he would just thread the needle with passes and obviously making post passes to Gary, who was double and triple teamed. I mean, we're joking about it, but it was not that easy. I mean, you did just need to get it in the air and Gary could do the rest, but <laughs> there's four bodies down there. There doesn't look like there's an airspace to throw it. And uh, knowing that if you turn it over, uh, Coach Hunter was not exactly very forgiving of turnovers. There was a lot, he could deal with some stuff, but not turnovers, not turnovers. You know, speaking of Coach Hunter, you know, both of you as, as, as head coaches now, um, you know, what have you taken from your time playing for Coach Hunter uh, in your, your current roles? Yeah, I think both of us got into coaching, I think, because of Larry. Um, you know, I know I wouldn't have this job or even gotten into coaching without him. Um, you know, I want to be a physical therapist. We lost an assistant coach uh, at the end of the year, and he asked me if I'd be interested in coaching, and I had no idea what it meant, what it entailed, and I'm like, sure. And actually, uh, you know, Coach Gino for a year. I don't know if I coached him, but, but I was on the staff. It, it, on I, I, the only thing he encouraged me as the, as the assistant, we played Eastern Michigan at home. And they ranked in the top 25. I had like, we had shoot around at one o'clock. I had a two o'clock class. And I, I told him, I said, man, I'm going to get some shots up, but I got class. He was like, come on, man, these guys are top 25. So he, he was encouraging me to stay in the gym instead of get to class. But I, it was it was all right, man. I well, He did a great job as an assistant. But go ahead, Jeff. Sorry. No, so like, uh, like he's why I, I, I got the job and, and uh, started my career and starting year 28 this year. And um, you know, I, I know Gina worked with him for a long time as well. And you know, it's funny when when – you know, you coach, you take certain things from every coach you've been around, you know, certain isms and, 
things you would do and things you wouldn't do. And, um, you know, I know we, we, we practice shorter and lighter because of my experiences playing for coach Hunter. You know, we would practice four hours a day, like every day throughout the whole course of the year. And then, and then on top of that, we'd have three hour study tables up at uh, the libraries from seven to 10 at night. And, uh, you know, you talk about just all day, every day. Uh, but, you know, a lot, a lot of really good things, the toughness and, you know, I'm sure Gino, in my mind, I hear the word compete 1 million times uh, every time I'm thinking about doing something because Larry was big on competing, very old school, um, you know, very, very tough on us. But, you know, we had, a, we had a group of guys that could take it and handle it. And, you know, so a lot of what he did and how he coached us shapes who I become. And then you kind of evolve through the years. But, you know, I always say the one regret I had was getting his job was him not being here to see it. You know, just because he was such an integral part of me being, you know, who I am today. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, Coach had a monstrous influence on on my life. Um, I mean, first off, he took a chance recruiting me. I mean, let's be honest. I, I wasn't a great player, but I was small, and um, you know that, that I had some options, but I didn't have a hundred options. And um, I knew I wanted to play at Ohio. My dad was a high school coach. And um, this is a true story. So he is high, his high school team played in the districts uh, in the combo against Lancaster. And they had a kid named Bo Reed that later played at University of Nebraska. His dad was the coach at Lancaster. And I, as a kid, I would have been about eight years old. And I rode down to the game with my mom, eight or nine, right in there. And we turned the corner getting off and I you know I've been gone from Athens so long I forget it route 50 or whatever the heck it is and got off the exit and Peden didn't have the big press box that it has now so as soon as you turned the corner all you saw was the combo and I mean I I was the best thing I ever saw in my life I mean I couldn't believe that that's where people got to play basketball and we walked in and um, the hall of fame pictures were up and Mike Schmidt just kind of happened to be in the middle. And I knew who Mike Schmidt was. I didn't probably know another person, but I saw Mike Schmidt up there and I thought, man, oh man, I, I, this is where I want to play. And then later in life um, to get recruited and get a chance to play there was a tremendous uh, honor for me personally. That like, there's the only place I wanted to go. I grew up, I, I rooted against Ohio State football as a kid. I'll root against them tomorrow. I hope they lose every game they play. Um, they can't lose by enough. So, um, and and uh, I, I, I I give people a hard time. If you go to Ohio U University, I don't want to see the Ohio State flag on your yard, man. On Saturdays, get it down. Put the put the attack cat up, and let's let's get it. But uh, but anyway, back to Coach Hunter. I, compete that Jeff said is the number one thing that jumps out at me. His work ethic. When I was on his staff, it didn't matter what time I got there. 7 a.m., he was already there. 6.30, he's already there. I, I, he he just stayed at the office some nights. And I had a young family. You would go home at 7 p.m., and you'd almost feel guilty going home at 7 p.m. because he isn't going home. He's still in the office. So I don't, I, I, I'm incapable of his work habits because he just never left and I you know there was probably some time in there that he wasn't getting anything done but he was physically there um and uh and and I I just you know the work ethic the compete and the loyalty that that he had to his guys if you 
are one of his guys he would lay down in traffic for you, man. Like he had some quirks personality wise. Um, I, I wish he would have been alive when Jeff got the job. I honestly think he would have, would have been like moved to tears because of how much he respected Jeff and liked Jeff. And I know that, you know, Jeff being there is like an emotional thing for a lot of us because, you know, it's how we came together as a group. It's how our friendships formed. And uh, it's just pretty special that he's there. And he's done a great job. I mean, unbelievable job. Yeah, one, one of the first things I did, because this office complex was being built right when I was leaving. And the same couch that was here when I was playing, I sat on that thing, got yelled at a few times. So the, one of the first things I did, I bought a new couch because I had like PTSD <laughs> every time I looked at that thing. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Do you know, I do have to bring one thing up. And I think Jeff knows this maybe a little bit as well. So for Miami games, our home games, we have a specific beat Miami intro. And every single intro we've had has you in it getting fouled, coming <laughs> on the scores table, like on a fast break, it looks like, because you've gotten a steal or something. Yeah. And I like every single time we make sure that the Gino Ford uh, getting fouled as individuals. Yeah. So I, I wanted to make sure to getting absolutely that. hacked. Yeah. Yeah. 100% <laughs> foul. Yeah. Look, I, I remember they, they had a shot to beat us and it, it missed. It was my senior year and I was a long rebound that I ran down. I was trying to dribble the clock out and trying to not get touched uh, so that we could get the heck out of there. But we had some, some unbelievable celebrations. I mean, I know that one, um, we had three of them at the end of the year, but that one dribbling the clock out, like the students were on the court. It was, you know, a huge deal. And, and I, and I, I hate being this guy. Right. But we, we all do. I remember when I was in college, I'd listen to somebody say, Oh, when I played, Oh, when I played, and I'd always think like, Oh yeah, you know, you guys, whatever, just like, it's, it's not relevant, but you got to realize that when, when Jeff and I were in the mid American conference, how many NBA players there were. In the 94-95 season, you had four lottery picks in the 10-team league. You had Gary, you have Wally Zerbiak, you had Bonzi Wells, you had Antonio Daniels. You also had guys like Saudi Washington that played for the Utah Jazz for a couple of years, Derek Dials from Eastern Michigan that played for the Spurs, Earl Boykins, who played in the NBA for a long time, um, uh, Cayman or not Cayman, uh, Huffman, the big center from central Michigan played with the Toronto Raptors. Uh, you just go through the league and you're like, Casey Shaw played for the Sixers. I, I there were 10, 11 guys that played in the NBA. Um, now I was not one of those, uh, but there were a lot of great players. So when we were competing against people on a nightly basis, man, it was the best mid-major league in the country. I mean, you think about uh, just imagine the Mac now, if you were looking around and had four lottery picks and 11 NBA future NBA guys, um, it, the talent was, was off the chart. And we found a way to win a bunch of games during that time. And I think it was just because of chemistry and knowing our roles. Cause we had Gary that was a difference maker, but <laughs> Wally Zerbiak was a difference maker too. And so was Bonzi Wells. And so was Antonio Daniels. So, you know, I think that, that we, we, we just kind of team wise and coach Hunter made sure we were, there was no confusion as to uh, what the hierarchy was in our, in our locker room and what we were trying to accomplish. So, so Scholz, my, my senior year, we were playing out of Eastern Michigan. We were 16 and four. I think we were both like, either 11-0, 10-1 in the league, first place. And uh, they played in uh, Bowen Fieldhouse, which is the old indoor track. It was a real small, crappy place. 
And there was like 12 NBA scouts there. And I'm like, this is my chance. This is my chance. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, they weren't there to see me. But that's that's when I tore my ACL for the third time and ended my career yeah. uh, in front of 12, 12 NBA scouts. And I was on the floor for like five minutes. It felt like 50 minutes. Everyone told me to get the F off the court and get up, you bum, and you're not hurt. But uh, just a great team, special, special memories from that group. Anything else? I don't do anything else. Coach Bowles, you got, you got any questions for, for uh, Coach here? <laughs> no, I think – That we, can, uh, that we I, can put on our podcast. <laughs> one, one, one of the best stories ever is when we played UConn, we went out to Hawaii, and um, we literally – we played Shamanad the first game, and they had a three in the air to beat us. And the next game, we're playing UConn, who's ranked probably top 10, top 12 in the country. They had seven NBA guys on their team. Kevin Ollie, Deron Sheffer, Ray Allen, Donnie Marshall, Danielle Marshall, Travis Fair, Brian Knight, Travis Knight. So during that game, I was really the MVP of that game. We ended up winning. But I want, I want Gino to tell the story of uh, the shoot around and what happened during the game. So, Coach was less than thrilled with our performance against Chaminade, the D2 team. So, we had a shoot-around, and it wasn't at the University of Hawaii Hilo, which is where we were playing. It was an off-site uh, gym. And so, we practiced, and we went for an hour. And we did nothing but press offense the entire time because we knew UConn was going to press. So, UConn shows up, and now it's whatever, you know, 1 o'clock, and we're supposed to be off the court. So coach isn't done with us. We went outside in 80, 85 degree heat on a tennis court that had a tennis net. So we were pressing and having to beat the press and only like three of us could be on one side of the net and the other two were down there and we'd turn it over or something and he would just lose his mind. But that went for 15 minutes. Some guy driving by in a pickup truck yells out hey there's a gym over here and coach Hunter's like what he's like oh there's a gym down here so we all load up back on the bus go about a mile down the road to this barn that had a gym with fan backboards in it and we did another hour of press offense the game is it's so bizarre i never forget this i'm thinking never. like we're about to get crushed like Killed. literally hour and a half we're going like full go playing can't move exhausted day after a game where i mean i'm physically we're all beat up we were in the locker room you could have heard a pin drop there's not a word being said coach hunter hasn't come in to address the team yet and mike reese turns to me and goes yo dog who we play <laughs> like we didn't have any idea we were playing and i, I just, a couple of us laughed and it kind of lightened the mood and uh coach came in so now the game's going, and we get off to an unbelievable start. We're, we got the lead, and, and, and we're making threes, and we're handling the press. And uh, Donnie Marshall, uh, who's, you know, a big, strong guy, and, and Jeff uh, kind of get tangled up a couple times. And, and, and Jeff was never uh, one to back down from a little uh, physicality. So there's a free throw. Uh, shot goes in. Jeff and him get tangled and Bowles shoves them as hard as he can. 
uh, in the back as we're running up the court, kind of on the side. It wasn't in the back. Back sounds like it was a dirty play. I mean, it was the whole thing was dirty. Like Danielle's cheap shot and Jeff, Jeff's cheap shot and Danielle. It wasn't. So Bolsey chucks him, and Danielle Marshall takes a step, and I'm, I'm two feet from it. He plants his feet. And he raises an elbow and catches Bowles in the face with a like one of the dirtiest elbows you'd ever see. And Bowles goes down like he got shot. I mean, he's done. He's on the court. He's out of it. They, they stopped the game. They eject Donnie Marshall. They eject Bowles. But Bowles is getting smelling salts from Skip Vossler, our trainer. So he has no idea he's been ejected. He's laying on the ground. He's totally out of it. They get him kind of back to where he knows what day it is. We help him off the floor. He goes and sits on the bench. And, uh, you know, listen, there's a couple of things like, you know, a hey, Bulls is not perfect, uh, but one thing you would never accuse Bulls of is not being tough. So after about two minutes on the bench, Bulls, he's down there and he he's kind of knows what's going on and he yells up, coach, I'm good. He wanted to go back in the game. He had no idea he'd been tossed. So um, <laughs> so he got an All-American tossed. And I'll tell you what, we beat those guys, and it was non-competitive. Most of the second half, it was almost 20. Um, and uh, But Bol- Bolsey got a big uh, big MVP vote on that one. That was for sure. Yeah, so you guys do the math. I averaged six points a game. Donnie Marshall averaged 16. We both got ejected, and we won by nine. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the real MVP? Yeah, that's perfect. That's, that's awesome. Perfect. Well, else, yeah. Coach, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, Jeff does too, I'm sure. Um, thanks for keeping it PG too, so I don't we don't we don't lose our job. So no problem. No 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 editing needed, man. No, no I appreciate <laughs> yeah. you having me. It's it's awesome. Looking forward to following the Cats again this year. Have a have a great season. All right. Thanks, Coach. Good, appreciate thank you, it. Guys.